Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thanksgiving if you're celebrating it. If not, happy Thursday. I'm Zach Harper. Coming up on today's show, we talked to Eric Name of The Athletic about the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, that Supermax extension, and everything going on in the Eastern Conference. Reminder, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get yourself a subscription. Check out the best coverage of sports anywhere you can find it right there on theathletic.com also make sure you check out the restricted area a new youtube nba show starring myself and wasney lambre you can find that on the athletics youtube page smash that subscribe share it with your friends share it with your enemies share it with strangers just share it with anyone you come across on the internet and like and give good comments and all that nice stuff but we're not talking about that show right now we're talking about this show and this show is all about Giannis and what's going on with the bucks so eric Thank you for joining us. Eric Name of The Athletic covers the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I guess the first question everyone cares about is, is Giannis going to sign that Supermax? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really hanging out there, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess from everything I've kind of heard, I don't think any of this is going any different than the Bucks kind of expected it to. Uh, you know, a lot of people... We're thinking, oh, you know, he could sign it the moment that it happens. And then, you know, they pull off the trade for Bogdanovich and Drew, Ho- Drew Holiday on the same night. And for sure, he's going to sign at 1201. But the Bucks never really thought that that was going to be the case. They always knew that Giannis was not going to sign his Supermax extension until he got back into the United States. And they knew that he was going to spend the start of free agency in Greece, which he is still there uh, as of us recording this podcast. Uh, so he has not made his way back to the United States quite yet. But their thought has always been he's going to hang out in Greece for as long as he wants. He'll be back by the start of training camp. Uh, and once he gets back to the States, we'll kind of talk out this deal and, and get it done. So from the Bucks' perspective, this has kind of gone how they expected it to. Uh except obviously all of the craziness that happened on uh, the first Monday night that teams could start executing trades. But from a Bucks perspective, they are still incredibly confident in the, in getting this thing done. And I mean, I think the interesting thing with Giannis is always that this is a dude that's incredibly private. This is a dude, they, they are not hangers on with Giannis. Right. It, it is Giannis, it is his agent, Alex Saratsis, and it is family. And that's it. There, there's no sources here. There's no one other than those people that is going to know what Giannis is thinking. And honestly, I think they're enjoying that, right? Like they're enjoying the power that they have right now over the entire NBA world. Like if you look at teams and how they've approached free agency, they've left space open. They've decided let's just like chill and see if what happens kind of with Giannis. So I think they like that control, but I think the Bucks still think this thing is getting done and they're just waiting for Giannis to come back to the States. So with everything that happened on that first Monday night when you could start doing trades again, you know, John Horst had talked about, you know, oh, we've got some special things coming. And everyone, I think, <laughs> immediately jumps to like, oh, Giannis is re-signing. He's he's signing that Supermax, right? Like that must be what that means. But I think I think the Bucks were mostly talking about the moves they were going to make. They knew they were going to go after Drew Holiday. Um, they thought they had Bogdan Bogdanovich in, you know, in, in the bag with the sign and trade. So when only one of those things happens, do they still feel like that, oh, we've got some special things coming? Or or was the Drew acquisition, which is highly significant, I, I should add, um, is that not quite enough for what they were what they were hoping to like splash with? 
I mean, I think the splash was their plan was both those moves. And, you know, I wrote about it when it happened, but it was just so funny that John Horst was so confident in such a great mood on Monday morning when he was talking to all of us. And, you know, it appeared that he kind of had it all figured out and, and was ready to go. And obviously the the Bogdanovich deal went south. And it's been a really interesting week, week and a half now where there's part of me that wonders, like, do, do people think Bogdan Bogdanovich is the guy that's a top 30 player in the NBA? Like, do they, do they think he is? Because that's Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is the better player here. Um, and it's just kind of been, I, like, I totally understand it because it was so strange. It was so public and it was so awkward and ugly. So I get all of that. But if we're talking about which player is more impactful, it's Drew Holiday by a lot. Like we're talking 30 to 40 in the league to 70 to 80 in the league. For sure. But wouldn't you like, but isn't like if you're Dante, if you're, if you have Dante DiVincenzo, isn't like, ideal scenario like yo he becomes as good as Bogdan Bogdanovich so then to like turn that into what the likely ceiling of him is for sure no that's it, like that is significant it, it is about getting but I mean I'm with you if you have to pick one or the other it's Drew every time like yeah. he's so much better no absolutely and and I think that's kind of where this offseason is is never going to be viewed by what got done like right. it, it's never going to be that it's always going to be what could have gotten done and and I think it complicates things that Giannis is as good of friends as he is with Bogdan Bogdanovich. And that was a guy that he was recruiting and a guy that he wanted to add. So I think it complicates things. But ultimately, if you're looking at, you know, as you and I were recording podcasts and, and leading into the playoffs, you know, everyone would predict the Bucks in whatever to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, to go to the finals, to win the whole thing. And then everyone would just be like, yeah, but do you think Eric Bledsoe is going to be better this time around? And <laughs> you, you we did, did have that conversation a lot. <laughs> like we we talked about it all the time. Like that yeah. was it was in it was unavoidable. It was all you could talk about with the Bucks. So you would have that conversation, and you'd be like, "Well, you know, he's played a little bit better in the regular season, and you know, he's shooting better from the free throw line. He's shooting right. better from three. But yeah, Eric, you're you're going from a guy who got outplayed by Terry Rozier in a playoff series <laughs> right. to a guy that ate Damian Lillard's lunch in a playoff series. Right. <laughs> right. So it, like it is it is significant. So like if you're looking at their biggest hole going in the playoffs, they have now filled that with just a dude that that can do it. That's shown that he can do it. That is just tough and nails in those situations. So I think they're they've done a lot. I think that starting lineup is a lot better just by moving Holiday in and moving Bledsoe out. Uh but it, this offseason will never, ever, ever be viewed for just what they did. It'll be always about what they could have done. And and really those first couple days, and you know, I've heard you on other podcasts talk about, you know, who's to blame or why it was so ugly or awkward. Tell you, and, it's neither of those teams. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I would tend to agree with that assessment. <laughs> so like maybe all that stuff comes out, but no matter what, it's always gonna be about that opening night. And right. just the thought that they could have gotten this done. Well, well, and I want to add on top of that, Eric, is like, isn't isn't really it's going to be about if Giannis signs the extension, that's all that matters, right? Like that, it's all like it, it, everything. Yeah, if, if he signs the extension before December twenty first, or or resigns in free agency, either one, right? As long as he's with the Bucks long term, then that Monday night, what could be 
won't matter nearly as much as like it's it's if he leaves if he doesn't sign the extension and then you have all that worry and then he leaves in, in the next next offseason that's when you start going like man if only they had gotten Bogdanovich <laughs> and then my question sure, to you Eric sure. would be like is Bogdan Bogdanovich really the difference between Giannis staying and, and Giannis leaving I don't I to me that seems a little extreme but I also don't know the situation nearly as well as you do yeah I mean he he obviously has that relationship with Bogdanovich and that was a guy that I really wanted there but I think in the end, this isn't Giannis isn't a child. Like he's a grown man that has been through a number of business deals and is about to go through another one. He has a child. <laughs> he has a child. Right. Like he he gets. He, I think he understands the business and how this works. So if in the end he finds out that you know Bogdanovich didn't actually want to come to Milwaukee because he wasn't going to get enough shots or enough money or his agent misplayed this or, or whatever it is. Like, I think Giannis is, is mature enough to understand that like, okay, the Bucks tried, like they, they did their thing. They, they did it. Like there, there's no, after this off season, there's no like, Oh, you know, the Bucks didn't go all in. They don't have a first round pick for five years. Like they, they have, they have pushed the chips in. They have gone for it. And it, it didn't end up working. So obviously you can fault the execution and, you know, whether or not they had their stuff together, but they went for it. And and I think Giannis is mature enough to understand that. And then in the end, you know, 74 million extra dollars or 74 extra million dollars is going to probably convince them like, oh yeah, you know what? This is the place I want to be. Or at least this is the contract that I want to sign in the place I want to be for the next two or three years. Um. So, so in terms of the Bucks, is there any like what's next, or is what they've what they've done with with DJ Augustine and and Bobby Portis, which are two very good moves, by the way, um, is what that and, and Tory Craig too? Didn't they just grab Tory Craig? Like with with those acquisitions, is this team pretty much set aside for maybe a couple of roster fillers, or do they have other plans to to try to maybe grab one more significant player? No, they're at 14 and they're in a really tough spot because Drew Holiday's contract has a lot of unlikely bonuses uh, in there. So with those incentives, they don't count towards the salary cap, but they count towards the hard cap. And they literally can't get another player right now. They're at 14 and they don't have the room to sneak in a minimum yeah. below the hard cap. So they're going to be at 14. And it is those guys you mentioned. It's Drew Holiday as a backup point guard. It's Bobby Portis as a backup big. Tory Craig, they signed. DJ, DJ Augustine is a backup point guard. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryn Forbes uh, and Tory Craig. And I mean, that's going to kind of be what they're what they're about and, you know, how they're going to try to do this. So obviously the splash is gone, right? Like there's, yeah. you know, that, that isn't Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> As I said, you know, the difference between Holiday and Bogdanovich is pretty strong. The difference between Bogdanovich and those other players is pretty strong. But, right. you know, you try to fill those gaps in and you try to hope that that's going to be enough for you on your bench. Um, I The other thing we kept talking about as we led up to the playoffs was – uh, the adjustment game with with Mike Budenholzer yep. after two, you know, pretty tough, <laughs> two pretty tough um, oustings in the Eastern Conference playoffs. What's your sense of how they approach this season? Is it the same? Is it is it? Well, we got these new parts, so we should see how that works. Or or will there be the actual pressure to have these adjustments on deck? So. You know, internally, kind of what I've heard is that Bud has been much more open to making changes than he has been in the past. And he's open to the idea that, you know, he's going to have to do things a little bit differently. And I'll be honest, I didn't believe that. Right. Like, that's what you say. 
Like yeah. you're you're gonna say it. So he has to prove it. But then when you look at a number of those signings, I start to wonder if maybe it is actually true because DJ Augustine can't defend. Bobby Portis is not a good defender. Bryn Forbes is not a good defender. Like Torrey Craig is the exception here, but they went out and signed a bunch of offensive guys and that does not fit with Bud. So Bud is going to have to figure out like, okay, how do I get these guys to defend? And if I'm going to figure out how to get these guys to defend, I'm probably going to have to move out of my base defensive coverage. So the moves suggest the same that I've heard from people around the organization that he is going to be more open to change. But uh, I mean, it's the same thing as it always is. Prove it. Like you got, you got to show that you can actually do that. You got to show that for once in your life, you're not going to have Giannis play drop coverage when he's a seven foot freak. Like go have him switch, please. Do do not have him drop to the rim anymore and play like he's an immobile Brook Lopez. So it, it's all going to be about Bud proving it. But yeah, I mean, it comes down to it. I, I think all the excuses kind of around the Bucks have been removed. There's no Eric Bledsoe anymore. Like it is literally Giannis. You have to be good enough to get us through this in bud. You have to make the adjustments that we need to get us through this. Like it's on those two guys. And if those two guys can do it, they're going to be, I mean, on paper, they're the best team in the East and they should go to the NBA finals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I cannot stress enough. What an upgrade Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday is. Like, I really right? cannot stress enough like what that is. And there, and it does become a no excuses thing to which then I would, if I'm Giannis, there's part of me where like I wouldn't mind making the Bucks show me, right? Not that the Bucks haven't sure. necessarily done enough, but like just seeing like, yeah, I do want to know if this is the way to go. Like and then and then you take it to free agency, but it's also a lot of money to pass up. <laughs> I, a I mean, lot of, it's a lot of money no matter what, but like that's still like that that extension is crazy. <laughs> yeah, and for him, I've always just kind of viewed it as, you know, this is these were the first two years you've kind of had like a real coach. And Jason Kidd wasn't that guy. Like he was there to get you to the next level, but then you needed the real coach to kind of push it over. And, you know, I think this is Bud's last year to kind of prove that, to show that he can do those things. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, you've already signed that Supermax extension. You give the Bucks one more year with a new coach. If that coach ends up being the right coach, all right, I'll stick around. We won a championship, whatever it may be. And if it isn't, then, I mean, you can still request a trade at that point. And, you know, who would want to trade for Giannis? Everyone. Literally <laughs> <Right>. everyone. <laughs> the entire league, 29 teams, will make their offer for four more years of Giannis Adetokounmpo. So, yeah. like, I just think for him, it makes way too much sense to get the money, get in a spot, and, and kind of make the franchise, I don't want to say make the franchise comfortable, but kind of just solidify that. So there's there's no excuses. There's nothing around the periphery. You're right. just getting a chance to try to go win a championship. Look, if Paul George can do can sign a sign a right? new deal and then and then force a trade a year later, I'm pretty sure Giannis can do whatever the hell he wants. If he you signs would think that so. Deal. You would think so. Um, in terms of in terms of what that playoff shakeout is going to look like, we we do have the expanded play in tournament format to where now you really just have to be a top ten team in the in the East to to be in the mix, which means you just have to be in the upper two thirds of the league. Which means if you're in the bottom third of the league moving forward, like you just you just suck. <laughs> right like he's just terrible so it's rough, in, yes. yeah in the eastern conference like you know we will get to see john wall back assuming he doesn't get this uh, you know alleged reported uh trade request to go through so the wizards might be interesting charlotte signs gordon hayward the hawks made a bunch of moves um you know cleveland has a surprisingly veteran team for having all these young guys 
uh, the Knicks are the Knicks and the Pistons are going to be the Pistons. <laughs> um, you know, do you see a team in the East that you'd like, yes, this team is going to knock out, I, I think we can say Orlando, to to sneak in and then maybe take on that Bucks team? So who gets to lose to the Bucks in the first round? Yes, exactly. <laughs> who, who is the leader to lose to the Bucks in the first round? Um, I mean, I, that Hawks team is really interesting. Like they they added a bunch of dudes. Uh, obviously, Bogdan Bogdanovich is one of those dudes. Uh, but I, man, I I really like what they did. Like they just have a bunch of dudes. They might give up more points than the Wizards have in the in recent years because I don't think they have anyone that defends. But they should be able to score. So I think it's maybe the Hawks that are able to sneak into that eight and and try to find a way, uh, you know, to kind of capitalize on Trey Young being so good so early in his career where, you know, you can surround him with some other players that can get something done. I think it's the Hawks. I don't, do you, are you thinking somebody else? Um, I mean, I've thought Orlando sucked for years, so I guess they could still <laughs> Yeah, they keep making the playoff, barely making the playoffs. So, like, I I guess they could still be the the front runner to make it. Um, I'm not buying this Hornets thing unless Lamelo is just that good. I'm intrigued by. I think this Wizards team is better than people give them credit for, yeah. but they also had the worst defense in NBA history. So I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not buying the Cavs. I'm not buying the Knicks. Obviously, not buying the Pistons. But like, yeah, like I I think this Hawks team has the chance to be very good. There's but they're still they're still so young. Right. And so, like, as much as I believe in Trey, is Gallo going to be the right? Like, Gallo went searching for money. He didn't go searching for opportunity. Right. Like, so, like, does that matter? You know, can Chris Dunn and Clint Capella shore up that defense enough? What's the John Collins extension situation going to be, especially if they don't extend him? Like, yeah, I got a lot of questions about the Hawks, but they definitely intrigue me the most. Although I do want to throw the because Bradley Beal's really good. Like, I do want to (laughs) throw the Wizards some some credit there. Yeah, man, that Wizards, like, really, my hope for this season was just that, like, all the dudes that I really, like, watch play basketball that have been hurt get healthy and are fine. Yeah. Like yeah. that that was my hope. And we've already failed. Like Clay Thompson right. is already not yeah, we're so, off to a horrible start. <laughs> like a really rough start. Cause in my head I was like, I'm gonna see Clay Thompson again, Kevin Durant, John Wall. Like it was going to be really fun. So I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully Wall can stay healthy and I don't know how they would ever trade him because of that contract. So I would guess he's sticking around. So tell yeah, you, maybe I'm with you. Maybe the Wizards can do something. Yeah, I'll tell you, you do. You slap a bunch of first round picks next to him, <laughs> or you slap Bradley Beal next to him. He's just like, hey, who wants to move eighty million dollars? That's what we'll do. Uh, all right, make sure you check out all of Eric's phenomenal coverage of the Bucks on the Athletic. Subscribe to the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash/dailyding, or go to one of Eric's articles. Subscribe through there if you're not subscribing. It is the best Bucks coverage and the best sports coverage on the internet. Make sure you check out the restricted area on the Athletic's YouTube page. Make sure you check out the athletic nba show podcast all the team specific shows no dunks everything on the athletic podcast network because you're going to get a lot of entertainment and plus you know you know you're sneaking away from your family for a couple hours during this thanksgiving day holiday you know go listen to a podcast go watch a video go do one of those fun things before you gotta you know force yourself to choke down some bad turkey uh we can just do that uh make sure you check out eric name on twitter make sure you check him out on the athletic and uh and support uh, the podcast support the the website um and really i'm telling you it's the best bang for your buck right there on the internet uh for eric name i'm zach harper keep it locked in on the athletic <laughs>